Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with wedding photographers Nate and Gen Z Root about wedding photography for Disney weddings. And I wanted to have them on the show because they are now Disney wedding pros. And I thought that they would have a lot of good information for you guys about how to find a photographer and how to decide which photographer is right for your event and the kinds of questions you should ask and just everything you need to know for selecting a photographer for your wedding. So welcome, Gen Z and Nate. Hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for making time to be on the show today. So first of all, can you tell my listeners a little bit about how you guys got started as wedding photographers? Yeah, that's probably a question for me. I've always been into photography. It's just for as long as I can remember, I had a, a camera with me, especially around the college campus. I would just have it everywhere. And so, you know, I just I loved Photographing stuff, sunsets, landscapes, uh, really anything but people, which was kind of funny because I remember telling Gen Z, it was just, I wanted to become a professional photographer, but I did not want anything to do with people. And um, lo and behold, a couple years later, I did my, my roommate's wedding. That was my first one. Gen Z came along as emotional support because for your first wedding, you need as much support as you can get. And then um, after that, she came along to our second wedding and actually got a camera and realized she kind of had a talent for it as well. So we just kind of Started, I taught her everything I knew because neither, neither of us had been technically trained or anything. And it was just, I don't know, just one of those matches that, that we love. We, we love doing it together. We enjoyed the creativity and kind of the challenge. And I believe that was 2006 we started. And then by 2007, we had done 30 weddings and quit our jobs. And here we are. Wow. So you've done a lot of weddings by now. What is your favorite thing about shooting Disney weddings? Well, I think our favorite thing about Disney Weddings is the Disney Fairy Tale Weddings team by mm -hmm. far. We don't have, obviously, a nine to five job where we see familiar faces and coworkers and have relationships with people that we work because it's so rare that we work at a venue more than once a year. But um, with Disney, we love seeing the team. They've become our friends. One of them sat our dog for a month when we were in Oregon. <laughs> so we've been able to have that relationship at work and outside of work and they're all awesome and we know the day is going to be great. The locations are so fun and it's really cool to do a wedding and Mickey and Minnie come in and I always have this moment of this is my job. Yeah I think the, the biggest thing that we, we love about Disney weddings is the community that follows us because of you. I know that sounds kind of <laughs> circuitous but you know pretty much every Disney wedding we've ever photographed has been as a you know, result from following Lurky Lou. And so they've been following us for, for years. A lot of them since before they even met their fiance. And yeah. it's really cool to walk into a wedding room. You know, the bride's getting married. We're hugging her and meeting her for the first time. And her mom comes up and asks us about our dog. And <laughs> that's something that doesn't happen at any other wedding than Disney weddings. And so I know it sounds like we have really big heads, but we love the Disney bride community. And we've been really lucky to meet some great people because of it. So. Yeah. That's great, because you do hear the brides say that a lot, and it's nice to know that the vendors also feel that sort of inclusion of the Disney wedding community. 
Yeah, yeah there's nothing like it. There really isn't. And um, I think it's, I mean, just on top of everything we just said, you know, we're obviously both Disney fans. And so being that close to a place we already love, you know, it just kind of heightens that sense of comfort and home and, and, Oh, yeah. And I mean, I worked for the company for, you know, two and a half years, and I still geek out about going backstage Epcot. And <laughs> yeah. it's really cool to share that with Nate and to go into the parks before they open. And yeah, a lot of unique opportunities. Yeah. Sounds like a dream job. It is. <laughs> it really is. Um, so now if photography is a top priority for a couple, are there some things that they should consider early in the planning process that might affect photography? If you're really set on a photographer, one of the best things you can do is actually contact them early on before you've chosen a date. Because one of the worst things that can happen is if you're so set on someone, but you've chosen a date and they're booked, there's really nothing that can be done. Um, so, you know, if you have maybe a month you're looking into getting married, contact them and say, hey, what, what dates are you available this month? And hopefully you guys can figure something out. You know, asking about venues can help sometimes if you haven't already settled on one. You know, sometimes the photographers have special places that they love to work and know that they get really good photos there. That's always something that, that can go a long way. And talking about the timeline really far in advance can go a long way as well. You know, if you aren't quite sure what would get the best photos, your photographer probably knows a thing or two about how to set that up. Oh, that's interesting. So like sunrise, sunset times, things like that? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And especially depending on your venue. If you're looking at getting married at Seabreeze Point or Yacht Club Gazebo and you're torn between a five o'clock in the afternoon ceremony or a noon ceremony, you may not know the best time of day for light at that venue. Right. Or a lot of people, you know, don't really think about that. But this is that's our job to think, hey, five o'clock means sunset. You know, the light will be softer than noon. The sun's much higher up in the sky. It's going to be harsher. You know, you won't have flattering shadows where, you, you know, other times of the day you can work around that. But that's something we often work with our couples just to kind of talk about the timeline. A lot of people don't think about that and I can't blame them. Another good question would be if they have any vendor recommendations. At Disney, I know the floral's taken care of. You have your planner and obviously your locations. But for video, that's a big one. We, we work hand in hand with these videographers and they, they do affect our job. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, at least for us, we try to shoot kind of behind the scenes. We don't like directing too much. Um, so if we work with a videographer that is doing the exact opposite and trying to direct the day and is very much out there, it gets it's troublesome for us because we can't stay the fly on the wall sort of photo and capture those candid moments and kind of photojournalistically watch the day. We're having to work around someone else that is trying to direct the day and maybe a direction that we wouldn't really usually follow. So that's one thing. If, if you're thinking about doing video, we will make anything work, but we would love to give you our recommendations because we know that they're videographers that we you know, love and that we know that we work together well. Yeah, they have similar styles that we do. Right. That's interesting, too, because often it seems people add videography sort of at the last minute, like in the last couple months or weeks before their event, because they realize, you know what, I should splurge on this. So at that point, they're already working with a photographer. And so maybe it would be helpful. And maybe brides haven't considered that before. Talk to your photographer and see if they have suggestions of videographers. Definitely. I don't think that couples realize how much hand in hand we work with video on that day. Yeah. So sometimes it can just be a too many cooks in the kitchen kind of situation. Yeah. And even even if you can't pick the or aren't interested in the videographers that your photographer recommends, you could still ask about stylistically and see if they shoot in the same style that your photographer shoots in. Because if your photographer says they are very kind of laid back and fly in the wall, you want to be the videographer that's going to shoot like that as well so that they're not, again, you know, just getting in the way like I talked about. Interesting. Okay, now you also mentioned different considerations when you're selecting a venue. What are a few features that can make or break photography in a venue? The good thing is make or break is kind of a harsh term because 
any professional should be able to work with any venue that they're given. So that's that's a good thing. Um, and especially with Disney, pretty much any venue is great. And one thing, if you weren't getting married at Disney, I think a venue that has good indoor, you know, like a lobby or big windows or something, because if the weather's bad outside, you're going to have to take the photos inside and you don't want to have to take all your photos in a, you know, dark, dingy hotel lobby if you can avoid it. That would be, that'd be nice. But, you know, that, that's one of those things that, like I said, any professional will kind of work with whatever they're given. But places that are really nice are just, I don't know, natural light. They're, they're not cramped. They're not dark. I mean, kind of whatever you would feel comfortable in just visiting. So then do you guys have any favorite venues that you really like to shoot in at Disney? I really like Citricos. And I know that that's one we've worked in a long time. But I love the natural light in there. Yeah, I guess from the right um, angle, it, it can be. And a place like Narcoosie's is hard because it's a beautiful venue. Oh, right. But the windows can make it really tricky to get the right angles. And depending on where they have their dance floor, and that's where exposure gets really hard because those windows are so bright behind. But it can be beautiful. I think, yeah, at the pavilion, you have them in a set place. No one's really moving. You know, when they're getting married, they're all in one spot. So you don't have to worry about the light changing too much. But whereas somewhere like Narcoosie's, you know, you might shoot one way and it's a great background and then two degrees off to the side, you know, you've got a bright window. So it's just, it's challenging. And same with the attic. I mean, I think anywhere that has natural light, I naturally gravitate to. So. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the concept of a first look. I just did a show a couple weeks ago where I interviewed three different couples, one who was not going to do a first look and then they decided to do it. One who, it was a guy who decided the first look was a good idea, which seems to be very rare. (laughs) And then one woman who had actually done her first look with her dad, which made for a really poignant moment. So can you talk a little bit about this idea of the bride and groom seeing each other alone, except for just the photographers, before the ceremony, and why a couple might want to do that? So I am a huge advocate of the first look, and it's not just for photos. Some people, you know, are, are naturally just nervous on the wedding day, and you can see that. You know, it, it reflects on everything throughout the day, and those people would probably benefit from a first look because it would just, it's that moment that they're getting so nervous about, but in private, and they can kind of reset and calm down. It's neat to see a bride that's completely nervous, and as soon as she sees her fiancé, it's like those nerves just kind of go away, and you're reminded of what the day is all about. One of the big things that we don't want people to think is, you know, the first look can be great. Obviously, if, if you're the type of person that's going to, to worry or you think you're going to worry, it might be good to factor in. Some people think that, you know, they, they like to do it just because Gen Z talks about it so much. And they say, you know, in their first email, like, hey, we want to do a first look. And that's great. But if you're getting married at one o'clock in the afternoon, a first look at noon is actually not great for photos. So what we'd want to do there is maybe only take 15 minutes of the first look and do that in the shade somewhere and then take the rest of the photos later in the day when it and when the light's softer. But it's really all about the couple. Well, and that's a good point too about the time of day. I hadn't considered that. I always just wanted to do the first look because I loved this idea that the first time we saw each other, we'd be in private. We wouldn't have everybody looking at us. We wouldn't be standing at opposite ends of the aisle and not able to say, hey, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, or cry or whatever this idea that we could just have that moment for ourselves. And then what was so interesting for us was that we still got this little thrill when we saw each other from opposite ends of the aisle when we actually had our ceremony. So I also, like Gen Z, am a huge advocate for the first look because I just think it streamlines the whole day photography-wise. And it gives you, like you say, this calming, centering moment that really reminds you what the day's about. Definitely. And I can't imagine being a bride with all the stress of the wedding day and family drama and you're wearing hair and makeup for the first time and everyone's looking at you and getting to the end of the aisle and not 
being able to have Nate hug and kiss me and tell me I look beautiful and have that moment or just a conversation period. <laughs> um, it's crazy when you think of how fast a day goes on your wedding day. You know, you you go through hair and makeup and then once it's ceremony time, then it's group photo time and then photos of just the two of you. And it's, you know, it's a long time before you actually get to have a real conversation. And that's the biggest thing to me. I think if if you're wanting to do a first look purely for the photos, I would actually maybe advise against it. I think that you need to really want it for that moment. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting that it's it's a more natural, a heartfelt, emotional moment. Definitely, and, definitely. Well, I mean, I totally agree with everything Jensie just said. But you know, if you're getting married at five o'clock and sunsets at five thirty, and your ceremony's thirty minutes, um, you know, first look is a really good idea if photos are important to you. You know. Sometimes there's just really you get photos or you don't, you know, it's right. yeah. And yeah. I will say with Disney weddings, one of the things we love about that team is that they always build in plenty of photo time in your wedding day. There's been very few times that we have felt like we haven't had enough time with the couple or we've been rushed. Yeah. So that's nice. I don't know how it's been possible after all the years of doing this. It's never really felt like we've had too much or too little time. And we don't really consult with it. Disney doesn't say how much time do you need. They just somehow know our schedule and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Another benefit of a Disney wedding. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So couples are getting ready to find a photographer. What are some first steps that they can take when they start to research? Well, the first thing I would suggest is to read through their blog and follow their Facebook page because that is going to be their most current work and you'll get to get a feel for what their voice is and what they're like in person. I really try to be very personal on my blog and I speak like I would speak in person, but not as awkward. <laughs> you read my blog and you're like, I don't think I really like this girl. You're not going to like me in person. And the truth is that you spend more time with your photographer on your wedding day than any other person. And if you don't like us, I really don't want you to hire me because I want you to feel like we're friends. Yeah. And, and I think that that needs to be a priority in hiring a photographer is, you know, photos are obviously the biggest priority. You need to like their their body of work and everything. But I think just as importantly, you need to really like the person because it's going to affect your day so much. Yeah. You want to feel connected. You know, you don't want to go into this and, or at least we don't, we don't like it when it feels like a transaction. It's just, this is something important and special. And I think the photos, if you feel invested in it, you feel like you're excited to create these photos, that's going to show, you know, if you just feel like, oh, well, I had to pick a photographer and here they are, like, that's also going to show. It's just not going to, you won't look as attached to them. Right. And another good thing to do is to ask to see a full wedding gallery. You know, on our website, it's it's pretty easy for any photographer to pick the best 20 or 30 images from 100 weddings. But to go through an entire wedding day, especially with Disney photographers, if you can, you know, if you know you're getting married at the pavilion and your reception's at the dance hall, ask for events that showcase those locations so that you can see how we work it. And Yeah. Yeah. That's also important because, like you were saying, certain venues have tricky aspects that the photographer might have to work around, and so it would be great to see how they handled those. Definitely. So now what kinds of questions should they be asking the potential photographers? So the first thing I would say here <laughs> is don't overthink it. It's been a long time since we've had a bride, you know, with one of those 50 questions from the knot. I would say if you have one of those huge lists of questions, just throw it away. <laughs> if you are not a photographer, and we list off our camera bag to you, what we have and what we shoot with, it's going to mean absolutely nothing. And it won't really matter. Like that's one right. of those things that if you want to talk camera gear, I'm, I'm the first person. I love talking camera gear, but that shouldn't be why you hire us. You know, that, that right. doesn't affect the quality of your photo. It doesn't mean we will or won't get that shot. You know, that's, that's fun stuff to talk about, but 
just a list of do we shoot in black and white? That's one of my favorite questions. Every once in a while, you know, maybe a, a mom will have a, a phone meeting and do we shoot black and white film? And I just, you know, I, I know that people still shoot film out there, but it's not us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think more than, you know, the, one of those giant lists of questions, just really try to get to know them and ask how they got into the business and have a conversation and see if you guys click. And if you do, you know, that's going to mean more than what they have in their camera bag. Yeah. And just like Jensen said before, you know, going, going through their blog and their Facebook and all that kind of stuff, you're going to learn so much more about their style. And, it, you know, if they have a voice on those websites, you know, you'll get to know them pretty well through there as well. Um, not to say that that's, you shouldn't ask some of those questions when you're, you know, communicating, but really that research beyond just your first email or phone call is, is going to get you probably a more thorough answer. Definitely. And I think maybe one thing to ask that you won't be able to tell from their blog or Facebook is how do they shoot a wedding day as far as how, how do they try to capture it? You know, during the ceremony, Nate and I try to remain as invisible as possible. And I think it's the best compliment ever when the mother of the bride comes up and says, where were you? You know, because she didn't <laughs> see us shooting the ceremony. I think that's yeah. wonderful. But we work with videographers every now and then that stand in the very center of the aisle, four rows down, and they're there the entire time. Or maybe they're standing up with the bridal party and they're... We've seen one where a videographer was literally in the bridal party, you know, walking the bride's son, like behind him. And I just... You know, you can't say anything in that moment, but it just made me sad that family is going to remember that videographer as part of the wedding. Right. And that's not how it should be. So I think there's obviously, I know it sounds like we're dumping on videographers, but there's plenty plenty of people that don't do that. Well, but and that's, that's what just stands out. It know? goes for photographers right. too. And obviously we don't work with other photographers on a wedding day, <laughs> right. but we do hear from video. Or even other parents from other, other parents weddings that, that, yeah, that happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, we were kind of going talking about how they shoot on a wedding day. Um, how do they approach certain things? Are they, are you going to direct us the whole time or, you know, do you just kind of let it happen? Things like that. Like you should probably get an idea of from their portfolio again, but just things that might be worth asking if it's important to you, what do they wear on the wedding day? You know, some people dress up full suit and everything and others, yeah. not so much. We've seen a little bit of everything. And if that matters to you, then you know, that's a worthwhile question. Yeah. We do a lot of mirror photos and post them on our blog. And so I, I shoot in three outfits every year. So if you don't like what I'm wearing, that's what I'm going to be wearing on your wedding day. So. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, my mother-in-law has a story about this wedding we went to where one of the two photographers, this woman, was wearing a thong that was showing above her pants. And my mother-in-law actually went up to her and said, honey, your thong is showing. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Sorry. <laughs> it's probably not a problem people have to worry about with root photography. <laughs> I retired that a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, then this is probably one of those questions that's on the 50 list question that the knot says you're supposed to ask your photographer. But can you explain maybe the differences between traditional photography, candid photography, and photojournalistic styles? I know nobody ever shoots in just one, but it might help brides sort of know what they're asking for. It's one of those things that's kind of hard to define because to me, traditional and candid and photojournalistic, like you said, they're they're all something that a photographer will use on the wedding day. You know, we take the traditional family portraits. We try to capture candid moments. But at the same time, to me, most of the day is photojournalistic because we're just watching and we're capturing what's going on. Obviously, if we're with a couple, we have to direct a little bit. But even then, we just want that to be kind of candid. We, we've set people up in, in a location that we like and kind of let it unfold, if you will. I don't know how to put that. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I know I didn't really separate those too much. But if you're looking for a traditional photography, you kind of know what you're looking for. And if you're looking for something more modern or photojournalistic, to me, that's just 
that's just capturing what's happening. I know that's a very simplified view of it, but that's what we love to do personally. I just, I think a professional will, will know when to anticipate moments. Well, and that was what I really liked about working with you guys is that it wasn't so photojournalistic that we were just kind of like standing around wondering what to do and we had to sort of make up our own ideas. You were giving suggestions, but they were all very natural. It wasn't like, stand there, put your hand on his hip, turn toward me, three quarters of a turn, now look back, <laughs> smile, smile wider. You know, it was very, very yeah. easy and just friendly. And I know it put me and Patrick at ease, and I think it puts all of your clients at ease that, to just find that balance so that your subject is at ease. Definitely. Well, you know, we're not working with professional models, so we need to guide. A yeah, bit, I think so. if I mean, if you know what to do and you know what you want to do, that's that's great. But we, we expect people to not have any idea. So once a couple chooses a photographer or a photographer team, what are some things they should look for in the contract they sign? Good question. We always like to make sure the basics are covered. You know, things like the, the service that's purchased, you know, like hours and things like that. Um, the event date the payment schedule so that there's no surprises of when things are due or how much is due. Those are just, you know, things that we want people to understand up front. There, there shouldn't be any confusion about that. And then we have some more expanded coverage that explains, you know, what if we get terribly sick or the state of Tennessee gets abducted and we can't show up to the wedding or, <laughs> you know, things like that. So we want people to know what our responsibilities are, you know, what we would do, you know, what's expected of them. You know, we have little copyright clause, things like that. But just, you know, it's kind of covers contingencies. You know, you don't know for sure what's going to happen. Obviously, we hope that we're always not sick, you know, we're healthy and available. But, you know, just in case we have to have someone sub for us, we explain what the process is for that. And, you know, that they would be a qualified professional, things like that. Great. Okay, so then what can couples do to help their photographers on the big day? This is a good one. So a lot of it goes back to your earlier questions. Making sure you pick the right photographer is a big one. If on Pinterest, you know, you're pinning 50 to 100 photos of a style that's completely different from the photographer that you booked, I would suggest not sending them those photos as a guide and maybe instead going through your photographer's blog and showing them the photos that you connect with the most if that's important to you to send yeah. a shot list, if you will. Yeah. For the wedding day, we asked for two types of shot lists. Uh, one is regarding the, the post family photos. We just want to make sure we have a list to work off of because if we don't have that, we have moms or aunts thrown in every which combination. And that really can take up the, the precious time that we have right after the ceremony or whatever time we have allotted for that. Um, usually it's just immediate family. But, you know, every once in a while there might be different groupings of siblings or maybe even step siblings or any sort of combination that we might not know about. Um, and we also like to ask if our parents are separated or if there are any unique situations with the family that I'd hate to ask mom and dad to squeeze in tight if they just divorced three months ago. Yeah. And you know, that's that we just don't want to make those mistakes. So we like to work on that list. Second list would be if there's anything significant that we would not know about. This includes maybe a major domo. So I'm not standing in the middle of the aisle when they open <laughs> up the doors for him to come down and bring the ring box. Or if you have a choreographed first dance, it's a really good thing to let your photographer know so that we can make sure we're maybe facing the way that your grand uh, finale is going to be or your yeah. entrance or whatnot. You know, if Mickey and Minnie are coming and generally the wedding teams will let us know, you know, what's going on. But we may not know that, you know, you're wearing your great-grandmother's engagement ring so that we need to focus and get a, a tight shot of that. Or maybe you have a locket on that opens up that we wouldn't know otherwise. So just let your photographer know anything yeah. like that or any special details that wouldn't otherwise be covered. Yeah, it didn't have to be every little thing. But, you know, yeah. if something's uniquely special, that's what we, we'd hate to miss it because yeah. on a wedding, you know, there's not time to capture every tiny little detail. That's not realistic, but we don't want to miss the big things. Big things, yeah. yeah. Right. 
And that leads me to my next question because you see oftentimes people get so excited about photography that they have like a 50-item shot list that's like exact shots they want, like the bouquet is going to be here and I'm going to be there kind of things. Are there things like that that brides and grooms should not worry about? Is my photographer going to get a shot of the cake? Yeah, I mean, I would say really just trust your photographer. And it's been a while, thankfully, since we've gotten one of those really long shot lists. But if we're focused on, okay, she wants this and she wants this, we're going to be taken out of the day and we're not going to get those moments. So, we, you know, we don't want to let someone down. But at the same time, if we're looking at a list and overthinking that, We'd probably get all of those shots anyways, but having that on our mind, it's it's just very distracting, I think. Yeah, my um, biggest advice for brides is just don't worry on your wedding day. You know, you've put so much time and energy into planning this great event, and you've hired professionals who do this for a living, and we know what we're doing. And I like to think we do a really good job and that brides hire us because they trust us. So just kind of trust your vendors to do what they do best and just enjoy the day. Don't stress about things. Don't stress about your dress getting dirty. We've done 200 weddings and I've never once heard a guest gasp because there's dirt on the bottom of a dress <laughs> because walked through some grass. No one's going to be looking at the bottom of your dress. So just just enjoy your day. You know, you can choose to be, you know, easygoing about the day or you can choose to stress about every little thing and I think just kind of know that you will be married by the end of the night. Yeah, you and- will be married by the end of the night and the important part of the day is is you and your husband and just just enjoy it. That's great. So following on that, do you guys have any tips on how to look your best in a photo? Well, the first thing I would say is hire Patricia Lejeune if you're <laughs> at Disney, because really she is the best and I can't rave about her enough and you'll look like your best self. You won't look like a beauty queen and she's calming on the wedding morning and she'll help you feel beautiful, but she does a great job. And so hire good hair and makeup. That's my, my number one tip because then you'll feel like a million bucks and yeah. These are these are the things that seven years ago I never thought I would care about in the slightest, but with with what Patricia does, I notice and it's just it looks natural and beautiful and yeah. we are very thankful for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say just really try to relax. If you're someone who benefits from a glass of champagne to calm the nerves, just do it. Um <laughs> I would say if you are one who has never worn an updo, maybe don't do an updo for your wedding day. You need to feel like your prettiest self and not be self-conscious. So, But yeah, just kind of be relaxed and trust your photographers. And, and hopefully you'll have a photographer that will make you feel very comfortable in front of the camera. You know, we always say that the first five minutes of photos are not throwaway photos, but we just kind <laughs> of laugh because people get so nervous and uncomfortable. And it's great as the day progresses to see them just kind of forget that we're there. And that's the best compliment in the world to us. So, And again, you know, if you've hired photographers you trust, and if you've worked with, with them on your timeline throughout the prior months, hopefully you'll have ample time. You won't feel rushed. I mean, that, that's a huge thing for us. We notice even if the bride's otherwise very excited and in a great day, if you're rushed and you have two minutes to get down the altar, you know, something's happening where you just don't have time throughout the day, it's going to affect you no matter what. So just trying to make sure you you create a good timeline and, you know, work with your, your team and let your bridesmaids know that <laughs> maybe tell them 15 minutes early. Get, yeah. Oh, and just of. let yourself feel pretty and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, now speaking of bridesmaids, I've noticed that a lot of brides stress out about having unequal numbers of bridesmaids to groomsmen. Is this really a big deal for photography? Okay. This is the thing about the unequal bridal party. I say, Obviously, no. Photo-wise, I've never gone through photos and thought, oh, this looks so awkward that there's one less girl than one less guy. However, if you're a bride that photos of uneven bridal parties irk you, yeah, I wouldn't do it because it's going to bother you. So, I see. So if it is a thing for you, like for me, 
Uh, my thing was uh, creases in the linens and things like that. Yeah. That's something I should have invested the money in so that it didn't bug me. Sure, because you're going to be bothered by it. So if you think it's going to bother you, then don't don't do it. And then my last question is, I am so curious, what is in the vendor meal that Disney provides? So <laughs> this is a tricky question because it's been a while since we've actually had a Disney vendor meal. Yeah. I don't know if it's just luck of the draw or our couples put us on their guest meals, but we're typically fed what the guests are fed nowadays. But a few years ago... It was, what was it, like bread well, I, I and like there, different cold cuts? It felt like it was like a platter of, of breads and cold cuts. And um, it wasn't bad, but it... it we brought granola bars, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. But the other vendor meal is, what, the kids meal, right? It's like, it's like kids chicken so. fingers and Mickey Mouse Mickey, mac and cheese. And I will say that when we work with other vendors that eat it, you know, they're complaining. I can't believe I'm, you know, 40 years old and I'm eating this. And we freaking love it. Like, we love the kids meal because... <laughs> It's just comfort food on a wedding day. So. Yeah, and you don't want, I don't know, you don't want anything too complicated when you're on your feet for eight or nine hours. Something very simple is sometimes the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me. <laughs> well, Nate and Jenzy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I think you've offered a lot of great tips for couples who are just starting to search for their photographer, as well as couples who are about to have their wedding day. So I really appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>